0: What's up, guys? We are back for another episode of the Degeneracy Podcast. Huge NBA slate tonight on Friday. A lot to recap from Wednesday. A lot to discuss for tonight. Jason, how are we doing on this fine Friday afternoon?
1: Uh, feeling pretty good, honestly. I'd say we had a uh, a pretty solid slate in our Wednesday episode. There's a lot to recap from there. We uh we did also make a bet in that last episode, which uh I'll pat myself on the back for. I came out victorious in. I'm just saying it was a uh, you took the Thunder and Jared Vanderbilt to score some points. <laughs> I, I took I the did. Lakers to win and Jared Vanderbilt to not score some points. And wouldn't you have it? The Lakers came out on top. Jared Vanderbilt scored just seven points. It you know one and oh in our show bets we could we could start making this a uh, a normal thing make one one bet per episode one bet per week maybe we'll see for sure
0: for, and, I, and i'll tell you what's crazy is, but while we were recording this anthony davis was playing and i was tempted to like text jason after and be like oh like do you want to call this or like do you want to have like some i did see
1: of, i, like, I I'll, I'll be honest yeah. i i was nervous when i saw that news i was definitely nervous
0: but uh well we'll just we might have might have a bet tonight. Um big NBA slate. Of course, we're going to kick things off with the the ESPN primetime game, which is Nets Celtics. Jason, take it away from here.
1: Yeah, this one is obviously, you know, the game that most people are going to be tuned into. It's on national TV. It's two it's the number one team in the East versus a Nets team that is still trying to find its identity. I'll be honest, when I was looking through this specific slate, I struggled to like pinpoint any one play that I love. There's there's a lot of sharp lines in this game regarding, you know, the money line is obviously heavily swayed towards the Celtics. The over-under is pretty sharp, so I struggle to lean one way or not there. The spread pretty sharp as well. Player props pretty sharp as well. But the one thing that I did have circled is Mr. Marcus Smart, who Marcus Smart, I like him to make over one and a half threes, and Outside of the reasoning that he's back healthy, he's back in the swing of things, playing his normal minutes. He played 35 minutes last game. He's not the best shooter, so some of you may be hesitant to be on this line. But when you look at Marcus Smart's history against the Nets, the last time he didn't make two threes against them was 2019, four years ago. I don't know what he has against Brooklyn, but every time he plays Brooklyn, he comes out ready to shoot the ball. He makes his threes against them. So a
0: four-year streak that's going on, I don't bet on tonight being the night that it ends. And another prop that I love, another three prop. One that's crazy is I don't know if you've been paying attention to this, but Al Horford has been popping off recently, dude. He had six threes on Wednesday. He has. He um, has that little i feel like as soon as you buy into al horford it's very much a meme like dude like why are you betting like three or four threes on al horford so i in the past three games he's made five threes three threes and of course the aforementioned six threes on wednesday his minutes have been on an uptick as he's played over 32 minutes in two of the past three games but i'm i'm kind of i'm gonna fade al horford i feel like now would be the time to fade given that his over under line is two and a half um and of course it's not a hot take to think the celtics are going to win given they are 11 point favorites and especially given that is at the garden um so a a prop that i specifically loved within this game was al horford under two and a half threes and celtics money line and as simple as that is or as you know as basic of a bet as that is I feel like that's a solid builder to start the night as that's minus 135 just for those two legs alone
1: yeah I'm with you there absolutely he as you mentioned he has been popping off and it's hard to bet against a guy who's as red hot as Al Horford is but when you specifically look at this matchup the Nets are in the the Nets are in the top three defending the three-point line two power forwards they only allow the 28th most threes to Al Horford's position so he's already got a pretty tough matchup for the role that he's in and on top of that, they you know Al's line is typically one and a half. They've boosted it to two and a half because of the fact that he's red hot. So with all the betters looking at that, you know a lot of people are probably going to take him, looking to you know profit off his hot streak. Vegas knows better. They know what they're doing. Taking his under is probably the smart play tonight because he could very well hit two. I'm not doubting it, but they boosted the line up to two and a half knowing that Al Horford's not a high volume guy for that two and a half range, and the Celtics should easily win because speaking of the nets in just in general i wanted to bring this up the last couple episodes and i kept forgetting but i think i'm just gonna start like avoiding them for a while they're probably one of the <laughs> toughest teams yeah. to predict because their rotation changes every single game like last episode i was so high on cam thomas he was coming in hot they got him more involved he was shooting a lot and then he plays like something like 10 minutes the next game so yeah they're Every game on the Nets, it's a new person going off. I'm just going to be avoiding them for a while, just in general.
0: Not not only that, but they they also gave up 142 points to the Knicks on Wednesday. So I think there's definitely going to be an added motivation. Like, dude, we just got blown out um, in our city. Granted, you know, New York's not like the, the mecca of NBA basketball, but like, you know, I mean it's still a pride thing, and I still I I don't think they're going to want to get give up another hundred forty in back-to-back games, especially on the road on a primetime TV game. So I like Big Al's under and ultimately I still do think the Celtics are going to win. Um, yeah, absolutely. Where uh where did what did you have any other from this game, by the way?
1: Uh that was the only one I had circled from this game. It's a it, it is a weird slate to find For something sure. that you'll like have an advantage in. And overall tonight's slate is a lot of games. But the quality of game is hard to find something strong. There's a lot of good, not great matchups, But I think, you know, let's go over to Suns versus Bulls next just because, you know, Kevin Durant's back. We saw our first glimpse of him in a Suns Mm -hmm. uniform last game. He's going to look to build off of that last night. And speaking of which, I'm back on Kevin, the Kevin Durant train. Let's go, baby. You know, Vegas still hasn't fully adjusted his line back to normal Kevin Durant-esque lines. His points line is at twenty two and a half. He scored 23 in his first game with the team where he was just, you know, getting a feel for things in the rotation. I think he's going to be playing more minutes than he did last game. I think he's going to be getting more shots up tonight than he did last game and 22 and a half. I'm all over that.
0: And to, to back that up, I I sent a bet. I sent a bet earlier um, in, in a group chat that me and Jason are in. And I, I thought this was as I I don't want to say free money because that's, you know, that's a whole term, but I love this bet and I would comfortably place two or three units on this, but Kevin Durant, 15 plus points, Kevin Durant, four rebounds, KD to make a three, and the game to have over 209 total points is actually plus money on FanDuel, and those things, to me, it is as simple as, like, they are going to happen, you know, KD, he might get only five rebounds, but I mean, he's seven feet tall, like, four rebounds over the course of the game is not, is... Not uh, unreasonable at all And 15 points in a singular three will happen. And uh, if 210 points aren't scored combined, I would be very, very surprised. So for that to be plus money, I thought that was as uh, risk free as a bet as you're going to find.
1: Yeah, I mean you're you're pretty much taking the bare minimum from a guy like Kevin Durant who's back healthy. He's he's he was an MVP can not an not one of the leading MVP candidates, right. but he had MVP-esque production before his injury. He's back and he's going to be getting his shots up. Last game Devin Booker was the leading scorer for the Suns, but You know, and any given night, Kevin Durant is going to be Kevin Durant. And even when Devin Booker's getting his shots up, that doesn't prevent Kevin Durant from also getting his shots up. Like, as I mentioned in the last episode, too, I feel pretty good because I was spot on about, you know, how the new look Suns would go you know, Chris Paul does not want to be a guy jacking up a lot of shots. He's very comfortable at this point in his career. You know, he's getting up there in age. He's very comfortable just distributing to his two key guys, getting a ton of assists. Last game, he had two points and 11 assists. Last episode, I said I was on Chris Paul's assists. I said I was, you know, I said that was one of my favorite plays of the night and he hit it comfortably. So I'm not saying go back to Chris Paul's assists because of course the books have, you know, Picked up on that set of logic. They set his assist line tonight to 11.5. So that's a pretty sharp line. I'd avoid that because obviously I think he could clear 10, 11 assists, but it's not something I want to put my money on. But Kevin Durant's going to be the
0: beneficiary of it and not only that or actually go ahead go ahead i was gonna say i had a huge overreaction i um i had a five dollar free bet i don't remember what the stipulation was but just i saw a five dollar bonus bet so um i did one of those one of those bets that you see go viral all the time about like the you know the award winners that people predict at the beginning of the year and i actually i predicted a a winner across all of the leagues um and i did pick the sun's extreme overreaction but i was like you know it's a five dollar free bet um we saw one game. They looked they looked pretty good, and uh, CP was he didn't shoot the ball well at all, and they still won pretty comfortably. So uh, I took the Suns to win the NBA Finals. Are they going to? Probably not, but you know it was it was a fun overreaction in the heat of the moment. Five dollars to win one hundred fifty thousand dollars. So hopefully that hits. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, fun
1: little future. But uh, also, I have one more in this game. I'm actually going sure. over to the Bulls now and. It's a guy again, you know. I'm going to say his name, and people are probably going to grimace a little bit because he's not the guy that people are probably going to want to bet on. But I like Patrick Beverly to dish out over three and a half assists. Now, Patrick Beverly is a guy who was on the move at the trade deadline. He got shipped to Chicago, and since his since he's gotten there, his first couple games, he was just getting used to you know the new the new the new digs, the you know getting used to playing with his teammates, and yet he was still. Um, I believe he's played four games in Chicago, and two of the first three games, he dished out four assists, exactly which is barely clearing it, but it's still clearing it. The one game that he didn't do it, he only had one assist in the game. But then you look at his last game, yeah. and he had 10 assists. Like, what that tells me is that Patrick Beverly is settling into his role in Chicago. He is their starting point guard. He plays big minutes. The ball, you know, he's orchestrating the offense. I'm not saying Patrick Beverly some crazy playmaker by any means, but for a starting point guard's assist line to be at 3.5, and, and for him to have cleared it in three of the
0: four games that he's played with this team, and for it to be in plus money, I love that. And even before, like this is dating back to back to back to January, early February, Pat had cleared it in four of his previous five games. Then, so this is, I mean, I'm kind of surprised that his line is that low. It's even plus money right now on Fanduel. It's plus 112 for over three and a half assists. So I think you can pretty comfortably craft a quick SGP, even adding that KD bet that I said. Plus the the Pat Bev, and I think that's you can start your Friday night off right. Start, you know, start the weekend off right with some nice little, uh, nice little extra money.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's a, you know, we could come in here and we could just pick, you know, lines that are very heavily skewed, obvious going to mm-hmm. happen, like plays that are like minus minus one fifty or worse, but you got to find plays that, you know, Vegas is doubting that you think you could take advantage of value wise. And for this to be in plus money, I, i I love it. It's one of my favorite plays of the night.
0: And uh, did you have any other from this game? Because I was going to. That
1: is all I had from that game. What game are you looking at to go to next? Well,
0: um, the other, the other prime time game, uh, Grizzlies Nuggets. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a fun one. Top two, top two teams in the West. Uh, some are saying this could be a Western Conference finals preview i don't think it will be because i think the grizzlies will ultimately lose before it is before possible
1: i i wouldn't put my money on this being the matchup but it's definitely possible
0: um but there is a couple of props that i love there's by the way there's there's a lot of noise right now going around around the grizzlies with the whole john Morant thing so honestly
1: um, yeah uh not the best,
0: I, I just but... I was gonna say, like I just think that this translates to like the Nuggets winning. I think there's a lot of noise surrounding the Grizzlies locker room right now. Um the Grizzlies are also not a great road team. They are twelve and eighteen on the road compared to twenty six and five at home. I would comfortably take the Nuggets money line in this, especially like we said when factoring in the off the court stuff right now with the Grizzlies. I would actually even I don't hate Nuggets minus five tonight.
1: Yeah, that's. I don't hate it either. As you mentioned, the Grizzlies, they're strong at home, not as good on the road. The Nuggets are a very strong home team as well. They're the best team in the West at the moment. They've got the leading MVP candidate. It is what it is. Um, (laughs) uh, One play that I specifically love from this game is a beneficiary of Jokic's playmaking, and it's Contavious Caldwell-Pope to make over one and a half threes. Now, Caldwell Pope is one of the most efficient shooters in the league this year. You look through the rest of the lines and a guy I used to love to bet on, Michael Porter Jr. Vegas has adjusted. His three-pointers line is at three and a half now. So the old two and a half line was something I would be all over a lot of the time. They've adjusted. I'm more hesitant to go towards Porter Jr. with that. But Caldwell Pope, He pretty much gets the same volume every time. He gets about, you know, five attempts up from deep. And if he's one of the most efficient shooters from three, especially in a matchup like this, where the position that the Grizzlies are weakest against is shooting guard, Contavious Caldwell-Pope's position, they're in the bottom 10 of allowing three-pointers to shooting guards. That plays into Caldwell-Pope, you know, getting some looks tonight. One and a half is not a big line at all for a guy who's as good of a shooter as he is.
0: And I'm glad you brought up Michael Porter, by the way, just because I know I was going to ask about him if you you didn't bring him up, just because he has been a guy that has been mentioned a lot recently. Um, I'm not really too hot. I'm usually a big three guy. I'm not too hot on any of the three-point props in this game. I would rather go for the assist total for Jokic and just bet that he's going to uh, get 10 assists, which right now is minus 160 on, on FanDuel. And of course, the Jokic double-double prop is pretty much like minus like five or 600 every game. So wouldn't even hate a triple-double plus the Nuggets covering uh, five points in this. But like I said, not too hot on any threes, and which goes for both teams, by the way. Um, I If I had to choose one, I would probably choose Ja over one and a half, just because I think there's going to be a chance that he tries to kind of shoot the Grizzlies back into the game after getting down early.
1: For sure. And I don't hate Ja or Desmond Bain's three line. You know, Bain is a good shooter and he's at two and a half still. He's been a bit streaky lately, so that's why his line is remaining at two and a half, despite the fact that he gets very good volume from deep and he's a good shooter. He's just in a little bit of a slump right now. So while I don't hate it, I like to see guys break out of their slump before I mm-hmm. return to them. So I'll wait and see with that. Really, as I mentioned, there's a lot of games tonight where a lot there are a lot of sharp lines. I struggle to find a lot of key plays. I like Caldwell Pope. Nothing else is really jumping off the off the page at me.
0: And speaking of sharp lines, uh, did you have any any other plays from this game? Because there's there's a couple that I was going to discuss from other games, but I wanted to. Is, is there yeah, any other... from that game. Yeah, I only had that one from this game. Caldwell Pope. Gotcha. There is one prop that we have been we've been discussing a little bit recently, or at least it's been brought up, and it's going to the Pelicans Warriors game. Um, recently we had last weekend it was the this Damian Lillard 71 point. Clay had 12 threes, then he followed it up with six threes. And not surprisingly, uh, Clay has, you know, kind of came back down to earth. He's had back-to-back games with uh, just three threes. So I will be taking the cheese per se now of course with Clay Thompson there's a chance that he can uh, go off at any any given time especially no stuff but I do like Clay Thompson under four and a half threes in this game um, I do there is an over that I like in this game and I like CJ McCollums over 21 and a half points I think this is going to be um, a pretty fun game I think it's going to be decently high scoring and uh, I think there's going to be yeah like I said I think CJ's gonna go for over 21 and a half
1: for sure and this is a game it's not on national TV, but it's a team in the Warriors that need to get their season back on track. It's a team in the Pelicans that need to get their t- team back on track. There's not there's not much time left in the season. Right. and These are two teams that are still in the hunt like the Pelicans. They missed Zion a ton. They were sitting at the top of the standings when Zion was healthy. Without him, they've tanked. So if they even want to, you know, make up the playoffs in order to make any kind of noise, they need this game. And the Warriors, if they want to get themselves out of that play and range, they need this game. Warriors at home though money line is at -184 i wouldn't bet against the warriors in this one pelicans on the road without zion have struggled a ton warriors are coming off of i believe hold on let me just double check before i say this warriors schedule warriors they've been you know not dominating but they come they're coming off of a very you know solid performance against the clippers they basically you know shut down the uh they shut them down big time last night, but it is the second night of a back to back, so that's the only thing that would make me a little, a little hesitant. But I'm not that hesitant about it.
0: No, and even even back that up a little more, the Pelicans are just 11 and 21 on the road. Uh, the Warriors are 26 and seven at home. And what's crazy is is the Warriors are only three games af- above 500. So they they for how good of a team they are, they're just they're equally as bad on the road. Um, so I would still even like you said, coming off a back to back, I would still take the Warriors at home. Um, I just don't think Clay Thompson' gonna hit five threes. Betting on a player to hit five threes in any game, even if it is Clay Thompson just it scares me every time just because that that line is so damn high
1: exactly. Like four and a half he's he he'll get his shots up. I'm not doubting it. Mm-hmm. but you know, four and a half, it's a ton. Now, the Were next there, one, the next yeah. game that I wanted to go to is another, it's a pretty interesting one. It's Heat versus Knicks. That's always a good matchup. It's yeah. it's the team that is in sixth place and seventh place in the East, meaning that, you know, the Heat want to get out of that seventh spot because it means they're in the play-in tournament and the Knicks want to solidify their spot in sixth because they don't want to fall down to the play-in yeah. tournament. So this is a big game for both of their seasons. Um, the Heat are at home, but they're underdogs at home, so... Right away, I'm intrigued by the Heat money line. They kind of got embarrassed by the Sixers last game did. who didn't even have Joel Embiid. So they're they're coming in feeling a little embarrassed, they're feeling a little extra motivation to come out and prove that they're they're not that bad. Now that being said, the Heat have been having a bit of a rough patch in general lately. They've had some pretty bad losses. I'm not, like, the Knicks, meanwhile, are red hot, so obviously I'm not, like, doubting the fact that the Knicks should be favorites because they've been one of the hottest teams in the league in the last month. But I'd be I'd be intrigued by the Heat money line is all I'm saying, but specifically... One player prop I like in this game is a player who he's not listed yet, but he's always a player who gets listed around, you know, tip off time. So you just have to have patience to get him. And it's a manual click Qu- quickly to make two threes. Now, Emmanuel quickly, his line stays at one and a half game after game and seven games in a row. He's made at least two threes. So this is a streak for a guy in terms of the betting world who's as red hot as it gets. I do doubt that Vegas is going to set his line at two and a half in, you know, because I've seen him listed on some books already, not books that I'm using. So I can't take advantage of it, but his line is still one and a half there. And for the most part, books don't change that much book to book. So if he's one and a half on the ones that he's already listed on, he's going to be one and a half by the time he gets listed on the primary ones like DraftKings and FanDuel. And he's made two threes as I mentioned, seven games in a row. The Heat are bad defending shooting guards. They're bad at defending the three-point line. The Heat allow a ton of threes. This is just, And this just has a matchup written all over it for a lot of threes to be made for their best shooters to make them. And Quickly's that guy.
0: I also another to go with another uh, three prop that I like within this game. I like Julius Randle's quite a bit. Um, been pretty adamant that I'm a big Julius Randle guy in each of the past five games he played, which actually goes back to pre all star break. Uh, Julius has made at least three threes in all of those games. The Knicks have won all of those games and Julius over. I mean, granted, it's only five games. But he's been averaging almost 29 a night, and he's been averaging almost four and a half threes made. The opportunity is also there. He made seven threes in one of those games, um, and I just I can't imagine the Knicks straying away from how hot he's been, especially given the results. Given they are five and zero in those games, and four of those wins are by double digits. Granted, three were in the Garden, but still, four of those wins, including one over. The uh, team that's second in the Eastern Conference and the Celtics by double digits. I'd have a hard time straying away from Julius. Um, His line is at three and a half on FanDuel. So it's also at that that gray area of, you know, plus 140, minus 180 over under. I would rather take over three threes, which is at minus 195, and then uh, lay that with Nick's money line at minus 154 and have a little plus 133 SGP from this game.
1: Now, with Julius Randle, I I mean, I I don't doubt his volume whatsoever. He gets his shots up. I'm not doubting it. The, what makes me very hesitant to be on board and tell you in this regard is that he's going to be matched up with Bam Adebayo, who, in my opinion, is the best defender in the entire NBA. This is going to be a very difficult night for Julius Randle. I'm not doubting he's going to get his shots up. I'm doubting his ability to make them with as good of a t- defender as Bam is. You know, he's going to be hounding him. Bam... Bam is known to shut Bam, guys yeah. down at the forward position, so I tend to stay away from Bam's matchups in terms of betting.
0: Now, does Julius uh, putting on a show during the three-point competition influence mm. this? <laughs> oh,
1: of course, of course. You know what? Now now you've convinced me, Julius. <laughs> I got you. Back, right. 5 Yeah, 30. Of course. You know what? Five, now I'm on board. Scissors. Now, yeah, there it is. Okay. Hammer it, plus 330. Of, of course, of course. Um, oh, but- man.
0: I also I did want to go to another game, um, another high scoring game. Uh, Seven forty tip off Blazers Hawks. There are a couple of props that I like in this game. Um, I do like I, I do like Damian Lillard's. Uh, four threes. I'm not, I'm not a big five, three, but I do like Damian Lillard. Uh, his four threes line is minus 260. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. I'm not going to make it an official play, which we unfortunately lost the official over under play on Wednesday between the Cavs and Celtics, which kind of irritated me because it was a low scoring game at half. Um, they eventually picked it up in the second half, kind of frustrating, but um, it is what it is. Anyway, I do like the Blazers uh, plus seven Anthony Simons was a surprise. Like he came back. I got the updated like like 25 minutes before tip off that he was in fact back um in the last game they played. So, I think for the Blazers to be plus 7 in Atlanta is a little surprising. I will um, uh, hold
1: on just on to yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, I'll let okay. you finish of course, but yeah, you yeah. brought up Simons. He did re-injure
0: himself oh, in the that's, last game. Okay. Though. So, he that's, he yep. is doubtful for tonight. He probably won't be playing. Never mind. Well, um, I still, I still like plus. I still like the Blazers plus seven. Um, I just, I just don't think the Hawks are that good of a team to be giving them seven at home. That, that kind of surprises me. Um, I, st- I still like Damian Lillard four plus threes because at the end of the day, we know Lillard is, especially with Simons being doubtful, he will be getting volume, and that is the name of the game. So I like Absolutely. Lillard four plus threes, even if it is minus two sixty.
1: Yeah. I mean, Lillard with Simon still out, his line is at four and a half. You could water it down if you want to make a couple legs to get, you know, maybe, you know, just back to an even play if you want to do the water down route. But even his regular line of four and a half, I would be very comfortable taking because Lillard is as red hot as it gets right Hmm. now. And he's basically their entire offense. Like that game that he scored 71 points in, he pretty much took every damn shot for his team. And I'm not saying he's going to come out and do 71 again by any right, means yeah, but yeah. with the state of the Blazers and where they are right now and they need they need someone to do the work because they're very lacking in firepower right now. Jeremy Grant is back healthy so Grant will get his shots up too, but Lillard is going to be taking a ton of shots. Like I'm talking like 20 plus with ease, maybe 25 attempts and like 10 or 11 of them will be from deep, maybe even more. Lillard is a very good bet and even at that four and a half line which is pretty scary but it's Damian Lillard we're talking he, about here
0: and over this is dating back to January 12th so this isn't just like a little like blip on the radar this is quite literally a quarter of the season the last 21 games uh, Lillard has been averaging 12 three-point attempts per game and he's average. he's making almost five it's 4.8 so he the volume is certainly there and especially with Simon's out I think Four plus threes at minus 260. I love that line.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now going over to the other side, we mentioned that Lillard has to do a lot of the work for the Blazers, and what that means is that life might be a little easier for the for the for the Hawks, and specifically the Blazers have no interior defense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They are the worst team defending centers, and what that tells me is that Clint Capella is going to have a lot of easy looks. He him and, him and Trey Young, him and Dejounte Murray, they're going to run pick and roll to death. They're going to get a lot of lobs, a lot of easy dump offs for life. Ups and dunks. Clint Capella's points line is at twelve and a half. He has been hovering around that line quite a bit. But if you look specifically into his last couple matchups, every time he's played one of the, you know low-end defenses like the Wizards and the Hornets, he has easily cleared this line. So Capella takes advantage of bad matchups. This is as good as bad of a matchup. I mean, bad in terms of, you know, bad defense, excuse me. It's a great matchup for him, Mm -hmm. but bad defense. So every time he plays a bad defense, he gets the easiest looks imaginable with those two playmakers that the Hawks have. I like
0: him at 12 and a half points to take the over. I I do too. Quite a, I really like that line. And Capella hasn't played. He hasn't played in a couple a couple days. But now he's uh, uh his nickname, by the way, in basketball reference is another classic. We had Stroke and Joe a couple of days ago. We Clint did. Capella's Clint Capella's nickname uh Swiss Bank. So I like um, that. I like that. I think Swiss Bank is going to be cash in the bank tonight, and uh absolutely he's going to be over he's making deposits now. for sure. and making
1: some deposits
0: i would actually also parlay a clint capella double double with that i would be extremely surprised if he does not have a double double in this game
1: yeah i mean you look at his recent history he's had you know in the last 10 he's gotten seven double double or seven games with 10 plus rebounds so it's It's not an every night thing. There are nights where he only has eight or seven rebounds, but for the most part, when he clears it, he clears it comfortably. He's had games with 17 rebounds, 15 rebounds, 13 rebounds. And as I mentioned, the Blazers, they get a lot of shots up, but that also means they miss a lot of shots. Capellos tends to grab them all. He, you know, he's just down there collecting them. The Blazers don't have a guy who will box them out. He has the matchup in terms of scoring and on defense. This is going to be a big Capella game, in my opinion. So if you even bringing this up, you could go to the combo line. You could go to points plus rebounds. Let me just check what that is real quick. Points plus rebounds for Clint Capella. It's at 23 and a half. So if you could, if you see him getting 13 points, all he needs is 11 rebounds to clear it. And every extra point he gets just makes his rebounding job easier. I think he could finish with like 16 points, eight easy layups or dunks. And then all he needs is eight rebounds.
0: I was actually going. I actually, I was doing this while like while you were talking. Clint Capella, if you go ten plus points, ten plus rebounds, plus Hawks money line, because it's going to be Lillard and the gang versus you know versus everybody in the Hawks. Um, that's actually plus one forty one. So I like I like the Clint Capella, and of course I would also actually sprinkle Damian Lillard's threes in there. Um, but I think there's especially across the board tonight. While there's. I mean, the Grizzlies, uh, the Grizzlies Nuggets is, of course, going to be the premier game. I think there's so much value across the league tonight in terms of diving into like individual games and diving into uh, what players are doing against weak points of defense, like Capella specifically, for example. Um, Did you have any other any other plays from this game? I
1: did not. Where did you want to take it next?
0: Kind of wanted to go. There actually Ooh, I, is a
1: game I, I'll, I do, I just realized uh, yeah, Clippers yeah. Kings is a pretty interesting one. Clippers Let's Kings, and my favorite play from this one is, I'm not going to say anything crazy. I'm not, you know, diving into the role players like I've done a few times in this episode. We're <laughs> staying with the basic. We're looking at Paul George, and we're looking okay. at him to make over two and a half threes. You know, sure. the Kings... They 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 score a lot of points. They allow a lot of points. Kawhi Leonard is not playing. That just means more shots for Paul George. Him and Russell Westbrook have a great rapport. Russ loves to feed Paul George at all times. I learned the hard way that Russ may not be going for triple doubles anymore last night. You know, he's not crashing the glass, but he's still distributing every chance he gets. And without Kawhi Leonard to look for, Russ is going to be setting Paul George up a lot. That means good looks out on the perimeter. Paul George is already a guy who clears this two and a half line pretty regularly. And now that he's also collecting shot attempts from a
0: missing Kawhi Leonard, I'm all over two and a half for him. And, and PG's, which you brought up during the warrior segment, they played in golden state last night, PG shot just three of 15 from the field. So what or three of 15 from the field? One of eight from three. So I definitely think that he's, uh, he's definitely due to get back on track. King's defense, as it's been discussed on the pod plenty of times, it's, It's, you know, I mean, it's, it favors PG tonight, especially given that Kawhi is out. So three threes, I'm right there with you. Um, I, I mean, it's not a shocker to say that. I think the Kings are going to win um, given that they're, you know, the Clippers best player is out, but that only plays into PG having a bounce back game after a very, just bad for lack of a better word, very bad game last night. He only had 11 points. Um, I'd be surprised if PG is not back over 20 tonight as well.
1: I mean, yeah, everything, he needs a bounce back game. Right. He had a really poor showing against the Warriors. They have not won a game with Russell Westbrook in the team, and now they're missing Kawhi Leonard. That bad, that rough streak, it very well might continue tonight. Um, just looking at it, you know, the line is six and a half for them. They're on the road. The Kings are a very good home team as well. They're in third place in the West. The Kings, you know, they're, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Just looking at the over-under of 239, Vegas knows it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm I I'd be tempted to take the over in this one. I don't think I'm actually going to put money on it, but I'm all I'm saying is that I'm aggr- in full agreement with Vegas that a lot of points are going to be scored and Paul George is going to have to get a lot of them because of the fact that the Clippers are missing Kawhi Leonard. Like he's uh, going to have to score if they want to stay in this game.
0: I'm actually going to put you on the spot here. Do you want to make this like the the podcast bet because I think it's going to be under. I think it's going to be under 239. Hmm. Let me a, let me just, look for two seconds. Talk about your next that.
1: play, and let me let me just look into this for two seconds. Oh, I was
0: gonna say that that was that was gonna be the only play. Just under two thirty nine. Um, I do like. I think De'Aaron Fox is going to have a decent game tonight. His overs twenty seven and a half. Um, that's. I feel like that line's a little a little high for me. I that that's a little spicy for me for De'Aaron Fox. So I think I would water that down. Um, twenty is minus seven fifty on Fanduel. Twenty five is minus two hundred. I honestly would rather go 20. I know that's, you know, really, really watering it down. Um, but like I said, we, I love PG3s tonight, so I would probably lay uh, De'Aaron Fox 20-plus points, PG3 3s three for minus 116, and then the ultimate under 239.5 to bring it up to plus 288 for a three-leg SGP for this game.
1: Interesting. You know what? I might take you on on that deal. I'll take the over. Because right. last time last time these teams played – It was a historically high-scoring game. They scored, they went to, I believe it was, that was the game that they scored like 300 points or over 300 points. The double OT, yeah. It was also double OT, but, you know, this is a run-and-gun team. I'll take the over, I'll take the bet. All right, Um, were
0: were there any other games you had?
1: There is one... last play that i liked it's not from a game that we have to spend much time on because it's a bit of a stinker game as a whole but i'm looking in the magic vs hornets game and it's a play that actually i played last episode and it came up just short of but i'm running it back because of the fact there's a better matchup i still love the you know theory i had behind the last one in general i like gordon hayward to score over 16 and a half points Now, Gordon Hayward, he only scored 15 last game, but he was playing the Suns, who were a very good team, very good defense, and my theory was that without LaMelo Ball, a lot more shots will be going around, and he would be the beneficiary of it, especially because he was scoring 20 points in, like, three straight games going into that, and what I failed to take into account was that Kelly Oubre was back from his injury, and Kelly Oubre is shooting everything he touches. He is, quite frankly, a huge ball hog, however... Gordon Hayward will still get 15 shots up and he's very efficient, especially against a magic team that isn't the best defense. This is a much easier set of form. I think everybody can eat on the Hornets and they'll still lose the game. Like this is another game that could be high scoring. I'm not going to touch the over or under, but Gordon Hayward at 16 and a half. I like a lot more than guys like Terry Rozier or Kelly Oubre, whose lines are set much higher at 23 and a
0: half. There's one play I have from this game. Um, I think, you know, where I'm going. It's I, I, Bring it up a lot. Uh, three of the past 12 games, he has not cleared 20 points. That is still his line. I still think there's a tremendous amount of value there. Uh, we're fading Paulo. We're, we're we're continuing to fade Paolo. Uh, Interesting. I, I know it's going to favor him a little more tonight than usual, but... In three, like I said, three of the past 12 games, he's only averaging 16 points per game during the last 12 games. He's only shooting 37% from the field. He's had a pretty inefficient rookie year. There's several games where he's under 35% shooting. um, Even had a three of 16 game back in early February. But even on Wednesday, he shot just four of 13 from the field. Granted, it was in Milwaukee. He only had nine points, and that was a very uh, tough matchup for anybody, not just him. But I'm still continuing to fade Paolo. I would take the under 20 and a half.
1: Which, of course, I mean, I I don't doubt it there. I'm just saying that the Hornets are, they're a disaster right Right. now. Like Paolo, I I, I struggle to get on board fading Paolo in this one specifically, just because this is a very easy game for him. I mean, he's as inconsistent as it gets, you know, he'll have a game where he scores nine and then he scores 29, Mm -hmm. but... Ah, it's everything Paolo, good or bad. I just struggled to put my money behind because of just how inconsistent he is.
0: I, I will say the last time they played the Hornets, Paolo had 22 points. However, he was six of 20 from the field. Oh, of four from three. And he had 10 points from the line. So it's he's it's it's a roller coaster betting, betting, uh, betting on betting with or against Paolo.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's it's just so tough. But, uh. With that being said, I think we've covered everything that needs to be covered. NBA, I've said all yeah. my play, my favorite plays for the day. How about you?
0: There is, there is one thing I just want to go on like a little – just a quick side little uh, tangent on just quickly. The NFL Combine is this weekend um, – in terms of fastest 40 yard dash, Devon A. Chain is far and away the betting favorite. And Devon A. Chain, he was like, he, he competed for like the Olympics a couple years ago. He has like an insane like background story. So his odds are plus 145. However, I think there is legitimate value in Jalen Hyatt at plus 650 and Tyler Scott at plus 700. Tyler Scott is a speedster from the University of Cincinnati. Um, he's probably going to be a mid to late round guy Tyler Scott, that is, there's a legit chance Hyatt goes in the first round. Um, but if you're not taking the presumable favorite in A-Chain and you are debating whether or not to go with Hyatt or Tyler Scott, I would much rather sprinkle on those guys given their odds are plus six fifty and plus seven hundred versus uh Devon A-Chain's at plus one forty five. So I just... So you,
1: you mentioned that is for the fastest 40 yard dash at the combine.
0: Yep, the fastest one overall. Yep.
1: And now a chain, as you mentioned, is the betting favorite for sure. He's still plus money, but then there's another category that I'm looking at where it's the fastest of the receivers, and it's between Hyatt and Scott. It's plus two fifty for Hyatt, plus three hundred for Scott. Would you lean
0: towards Hyatt at plus two fifty? I, oh man. See, the thing is, is like ah, uh, I would. I would probably lean Hyatt. Hyatt is such a speedster. There, there's times this year where on tape, you're when I'd watch Tennessee. If you pretty much if you you blink, he's gone. Like if you you take one misstep, he he's gone. He's I would be surprised if Hyatt, Scott, and A-Chain are all like not in the four high four twos. Like at, I think the slowest time that any of those three are going to run is going to be like four three three four three four right in there, which is only a speed that I could ever dream of. I mean that is that is insane how fast that is.
1: Exactly. All right. Gun to the head. Who are you picking Hyatt or Scott final decision? Jalen Hyatt. I'm picking Jalen Hyatt. Hyatt. All right. There we, go. Guy. there we He's go. Guy. All right. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to ride with Jalen Hyatt then I'm going to sprinkle go. a half unit on him to be the fastest receiver. Let's go. And I think that's where we're going to wrap it up though. Yep. We've, you know, it's yep. a big NBA slate, you know, there's, A lot, a lot to watch tonight, a lot of big games, but that's where we'll wrap it up. Be sure, of course, to like the video if you're watching on YouTube and subscribe to the show's channel. It helps us grow a town and we appreciate it. And then we will also be back available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So be sure to follow the show there and leave a five-star review if you enjoy what we're doing. So we'll see you next episode coming next week, next Monday. Love you guys.